revolution has to have humor to it. The vegan shitless are great. Fucking welcome. Yeah. What's uh what's good with you, Steven? What's happening? Um not much has been going on. Just work shit, flow shit, doing the comedy shit. There's nothing really major to report. I mean, I guess I kind of feel good today. I mean, there's no reason why, but I feel better than, I guess, some of the previous days. And uh, yeah, I wish I had something more exciting to report. But When you feel good, do you spend a lot of time or effort trying to pinpoint what's making you feel good so you can replicate that in the future or do you just say fuck it I'm just going to enjoy this day for as long as it lasts and take it as a gift and keep it pushing oh I just remembered I took some shrooms this morning (laughs) that's what it was the vegan shitless circuit fucking welcome I took two caps shout out to my guy Arthur he got the caps he got the shrooms he got them all he grows them himself and uh, yeah, I took two caps before I pulled up to the podcast this morning with Dennis. And it's just now I just remembered that that's possibly what it was. Uh, Nigga, the cause and effect was so obvious. I was really thinking it was going to be a more convoluted answer. But OK, we figured this one out. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to answer your question, I think the underlining or the undertone of it is like, I guess when you do things and i mean i'm i'm focused on like the work you know it's like i'm only really upset when i'm focused on how much work there isn't for me to do so the fact that i've been able to kind of just you know produce more shit or make more things or be in the flow of production in some form or fashion has allowed me to be like a little bit more elated because yeah you feel good when you're you're busy in the directions that you want to be busy in so Mm. i think that's kind of part of it you know why i feel generally pretty good you know i think i might need me some (laughs) word is it time i think so because the nigga is in a rut a nigga is Fighting off a depressive episode, so might as well. Let's go. Hey, I, oh, I will send you some. Uh, I'll be there shortly. If you don't have your own plug or connect, I'm more than happy to hook you up. And that was the thing. I was like, I wanted to take some a couple of days ago because that's when it hit me, and I was just in a weird funk, too. And then I was like, uh, maybe, and then I just kind of sat it to the side. And then I got up out of bed this morning, and I was like, oh, I wanted to take, yes, today will be the perfect day. Let me start off my Monday with some Monday mushrooms, take a couple of caps, and I feel great. I mean, it's 120 over here. I'm probably going to get some food after this, go to the Trader Joe's, not the Trader Joe's, the farmer's market that's happening right across the street from the crib, get some fresh fucking fruit, some veggies, and yeah, look at the emails that I got. But yes, Grace, I support any efforts towards... uh, happy hallucinogens or yeah let's get let's get let's get it cracking yeah i'll be i'll be happy to participate in such activities boom okay i got out my calendar i was trying to do take a trip to london so i'm gonna try and be here oh when are yeah you? what's up what's happening in london you got some folks out there yeah, that's what folks out there. See some people, try and book some shows. I am calling it the Anchor Baby Tour because... Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing like a good Anchor Baby. <laughs> I am going 
to London and Canada to get somebody pregnant just in case, you know? Sure, I get a man pregnant, pop them eggs right through the arena. Yep, yep, yep. Just like that. And I'm that is hilarious. One. Grace is going overseas. Watch out, ladies and gents. She's looking to plant some eggs. Plant some eggs is just ins- it's just insane verbiage. Um, <laughs> we gotta switch the dynamic. It's equal, okay? We ain't planting seeds yeah, out here. We, this is how we decolonize. If you can sow some seeds, you can sow some eggs. God damn it! Shut up! Shut up! God damn it! Okay, yeah, I'm happy I have one show now, and I'm trying to like get out there and fucking do more, so that when other people come out, like I have enough clout to be able to get them on some shit too yeah i'll get off my ass and produce a show at some point yes yeah. yes you do ryan but you gotta produce a show I'm yeah sorry. i didn't mean to come at you like that <laughs> no, no. <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead um but yeah other than that i might have told you this grace i don't know if i told you this steven i i went to i got invited to a wedding after my set the other day that was fun you mean that you were so funny that people invited you to their wedding to come? Yes, I guess just yes, to that. just to witness their marriage and holy matrimony. I mean, yes and no, but like, yeah, like what? Well, so I was doing my set. I was doing crowd work. Found out they were getting married the next day in Chinatown in New York. And I was like, let me come to that shit. Ha ha ha. Proceed with set. Finish. Get off. Chilling outside. And they walk up and they're like, yo, for real though, like we had a couple people, like if you want to come, you can come. Like we'll text tomorrow just to verify and make sure we have enough space. But like you should come next day. They text me and they're like, Hey, are you coming? So yeah, I, I just went by myself to, to this, to this wedding. wedding and it was, you are a real life wedding crasher. Yeah, dude, it was good. That's kind of cool. So tell me about it. Like, uh, this is kind of interesting. So what was the couple? What nationality, ethnicity were they? And, like, what was your thoughts and kind of, like, where was you at walking into someone's wedding? Like, wh- what was you even wearing? Like, what was, like, tell me what you eat that morning. Like, how was you feeling? You was going stag to a wedding. Like, what's up? Did you catch the fucking bouquet or whatever that shit is? What's that shit they throw? Like, what's, what's, what was the food like? Did they have a place for you to sit? Did you just sit with some other cousins? Like, give me the breakdown. Give me the play by play. I'm like, who, who crashes away? Did you hook up with somebody at the end? Like, you get to dance with everybody. Ain't nobody family. Like, what's good? <laughs> I got so many questions. So the the only reason I went is because obviously, like, I'm a comic. So I was like, fuck, man. Like, if you get presented with this opportunity, you got to go. Like, I didn't feel like going. But when I was telling, like, my homies that night, they were like, bro, you, you got to go. You got to go check it out. It might be a story. It might be something cool. So... I at first my first thought was like fuck what do I even wear to a wedding? There's so much we do in life just for the bit. My God, we have problems. But that's the that's the thing. Like some yeah we do. I I once took a show at a Scientology uh, building. (laughs) So yes, that's why I'm so interested in what Ryan just did. I'm like hold up, what the hell? See, I feel like the Scientology story and even this wedding story, like you're doing it just for the bit, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with it because you're also getting to live, and it's some shit that you should say yes to regardless. Whereas there is some like jackass type shit 
where you're doing it just for the bit and like that shit ain't worth it. But like this is like strangers coming together. It's a lovely event. So I'm I'm glad that I went, even though shit wasn't that crazy and I might get material from it at some point, but it wasn't anything like inherently hilarious or novel that happened. So I don't dress nice anymore because I just do stand up all the time. So I'd put on like my nice scotch and soda pants, figure out what shirt went with it, get the loafer situation straight, get the nice socks. I was like, all right, hold on. What type of pants? You know, you know, scotch and soda, that brand? No, nigga. No, I do not. I'm not that rich. You say you was a comic dressing bummy. What are scotch and sodas? Scotch and That's the shit DJ Khaled be wearing? Ain't no way. Nah, I doubt it. Because I think scotch and soda, I feel like, is more for, like, Flacco-type niggas because it's, it's, like, from, I don't know, Amsterdam or somewhere in New York or whatever. So it's, like, more European fit, traditionally speaking. Anyway, they got, like, fly like nice casual type joints, but I like them because they don't just have pants there. They got like trousers, like they got some solid ass trousers. So that's what I rocked. Anyway, I was looking good. I was feeling good. I rolled up. And by the time I got there, I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I don't know anyone. So I walked in and it was a little awkward at first because I recognized two people, but the only two people I really recognized were the bride and the groom. And they were obviously busy doing their thing. And I knew there was a fat group. I like how you just said you walked in the place and you recognized two people, but the two people were the bride and the groom as if it was another two people that hadn't invited you. That was nice. I like that. I really did like that. You had me on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, was it another comic? No, it was the people from the night before that invited me actually there. Those are the only, I would imagine you did know those two very people getting married. But yes, continue, please. Yeah, I recognize their faces. And the other people, I was like, I don't know if these folks were at the show or not. So I just got me a shot of Casamigos. And then after that, it was a wrap. After that, I started chatting up the, the, the groom's dad who was a doctor who was uh, used to be an anesthesiologist. And then he was also an addict. I don't know what he was addicted to. I wouldn't be surprised if it was some shit he had easy access to given his job. So then he went to rehab. And then when he started practicing again, he became like an addiction doctor, whatever the correct nomenclature is for that. And so now he works with people kind of like adjacent to like West Virginia, or the eastern part of Virginia in that area where it's like just real, real bad in terms of addiction. And so he felt like he found his calling that way. So that was that was a cool ass conversation. Cool cat. That guy's from Brooklyn, born and raised. Ethnically, this was a Jewish wedding and the groom was like Jewish and Filipino. So we we peeped that and that was that was cool. I don't know if this happens to you. I don't know if this is like a recent thing for me or what. But it's hard for me whenever I'm like the only black person at a place to not see shit through a racial lens. And like, I want to say that I'm getting this attention because I was the comic from last night and I was funny and because like I'm engaging and, you know, easy enough to talk to. But then part of me is always like, is this because I'm black because I'm the only black person? You know, like, does that happen to y'all? All the time. It's, all the time, bro. It is, um, it's constantly. So most of the weddings I've been, so I don't know, most of my friends are black or like people of color and they have married other people of color. So I did not find that to be the case at their weddings. But when it was a wedding where the person was marrying somebody who was white, then yeah, 
you become the entertainment. They look to you to lead the dances and the and the other. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking. Yeah, I, I gotta really think about wedding, like the the capacity of just being at a wedding. But just in my general day to day like vibe or where I'm at or especially on some outing shit if it's not something that's predominantly black or if I'm not in Lamert Park or South Central where you're just gonna know there's gonna be black people around like LA is so segregated if I'm going anywhere around here it's most likely gonna be 80 to 90 percent white and if, if there's another black person there they either work in the bar or the door you know and uh or the people that I came with and it's just like yeah, you're going to stick out. I think you being black, yeah, that's the whole nature of white supremacy is to make sure the black sticks out. That's the thing about it. It's like you want to give, especially if like folks were like cool enough to invite a stranger that entertained them to their weddings. Like, at least I want to give folks the benefit of the doubt. And then I also like from an ego perspective, want to be like, yeah, I am my skin, but I'm also more than my skin. So like, even if the everything went down the exact same and I was white or Jewish like everyone here, I would still be in some ways the center of attention just because like, I'm, I'm cool, you know what I mean? But it, it was hard for me not to enjoy it. I had a great time, but in the back of my mind, I was trying to like extricate race from it and I couldn't, I couldn't quite do it all the way. Yeah, I mean, all right, there's this I don't think side note. Say that again, Grace. I don't think I don't think life in America allows for allows for black people to be able to do that. Unfortunately, I think it it undergirds every every fucking interaction that we have in this fucking world. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's because of white supremacy. But yes, this is a deeper existential question. I, I but is this like a? I, I always wonder if it's like a ignorance is bliss situation because, like, if you have cancer, it doesn't do you any good to ignore it and try to pretend like it's not there and like not treat it or you know, however you want to deal with it. But ignoring it is not going to help anything. Yes, but that cancer is not making you money, right? So, so the can it makes sense to ignore the cancer in this right. one the cancer and it works in their benefit for it to be for them to ignore it like it works it, the plausible deniable or like them being you know in the bliss it definitely works in their benefit like it's definitely easier for smart people to play dumb i say it was the cancer smart. that like cleared your skin gave you nice hair you lost weight, but just the right amount. The cancer made you thick, and you were like, "Girl, <laughs> I know it's malignant, but like it kind of look good, don't it?" You would you would feel some type of way about that cancer. Leave it. You know what I mean? This thyroid cancer has some obvious benefits. A couple of uh, it's you know, bitch. It is maybe we don't start the chemo. Maybe we don't <laughs> Maybe we don't Maybe even we don't acknowledge, acknowledge that this right, growth right, is this here. Growth is here. Right, let me dress it up. Let me see if you can get matching outfits for it. Damn, that's real. Like institutional racism like, and white supremacy is like cancer with the upside. Because they just built, found your analogy. Right, because they built like look how much stuff that racism was able to accomplish. Like, man, could you imagine? Like, they were able to get all these people forcefully, violently on the court to 
deal. Bro, these niggas had a war mm-hmm. and they just fought over our money. <laughs> they had a war where we were the, the current. Dude, they had like, they made so much money. They was like, you know what, nigga, we gonna break away from Britain and we don't even need them niggas. And Britain was like, hold up, we sent y'all over there to make us money. And then we was in the middle of it, like, yo, that was our money, y'all fighting over. It was like, shut we up. are the money. <laughs> like uh, the first currency, first thing ever traded back and forth in this people. country was black people. Bro, so. we just established the whole like it was a desolate forest land, mountainous plains, and nothing going on. They just put chains and well, the indigenous people had some of it conquered, quote unquote, or tamed, and they worked with the with the nature or whatever. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. They did. But when they wanted like, oh, we need to grow rice, they went and got black people from Cameroon and the Congo that are rice growers, and they were using black people like technology. The mean the coldest technology that these niggas came over with, other than that gun. Was that goddamn piece of paper? These niggas started making up words and started sectioning off parts of the land. Niggas didn't even understand what they was drawing, what that even meant. Can you imagine someone drawing? You ain't never seen pen and paper, and they're like, "Nah, this is this is how we do it." We own you now. We own exactly where you stand because of this paper. I mean. Somebody somebody has this joke. I'm forgetting who, but it's funny. It was like, man, Chinese people had gunpowder 400 years before white folks. Africans got gunpowder years before that. And white folks were the one who was like, how can we kill with it? <laughs> like on some Tom Riddle shit, on some Tom Riddle, Harry Potter. Hey, how do I make a horcrux? White people want to know how to make a horcrux. Yes, I mean, and we get our goddamn mo from them because it's like technology pops off, and either we trying to fuck it or kill with it, or simultaneously do the same thing at the same time. But I had a joke too about that. I haven't really used it as much, but it's like, yeah, the Chinese had gunpowder and like fireworks. You imagine Chinese have fireworks; they introduce it to the white people, and white people are like, "Oh, those fireworks." look good, but how about you point it at him? (laughs) (laughs) It's cool when they blow up in the sky, but what if they lower it? Yeah, lower it. (laughs) (laughs) But it'd be, going back to like the original question that got us on this track, it begets an interesting question, which is to say, if there is an upside to racism, which is not obviously saying that it's, it's, it's justified or warranted, but there are certainly upsides to what we've seen from racism from a civilization standpoint. Is it necessary for the progression of civilization to just have people get fucked to shit? Like it depends are human, on are what human you, sacrifices necessary, what you value as civilization, right? So, um, would we as a people still have reached this level of technological advancement? I truly believe that. Um, Because by the time white folks were conquering uh, Africa, there were cities, there were um, the math that is 
I sound like a fucking hotep now, but it's true. The math that's exhibited in like the pyramids, for instance, and how shit would line up with where the sun was going to be, how like all of that was far more ingenious than anything they had come up with. So I don't think imperialism and slavery is necessary for the advancement of people. And quite frankly, if the transatlantic slave trade had never happened, I think we would have seen the same technological advancements, but in a way that was more in tune with nature, like maybe the car, the combustion engine would not have come out the way that it fucking did. I think based on what indigenous science and indigenous people valued, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh yeah, let's chop down a bunch of trees and fucking like, let's kill all the bison. It, that's not how those people functioned, but they still used indigenous technology and um, like indigenous technology and like practices are in the tech that we're using right now. So like Alan Turning, he's the one who I think came up with like binary code or he's credited with it, that 11011010111, that robot speak. But if you look at African um, religions, when they're doing divination, they write a 110 pattern in order to like predict the near future. So uh, I don't know the 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 That's views wild. that yeah turning like stole that from um indigenous people and eventually used it to come up with the binary code for it, which is like the basis of all computer technology. So oh, I dude. honestly feel like we would have gotten there just we would have taken a different route. Okay, all right, two things. I'm put a pin in the gotten there and taken a different route. So. I think, I think it's Alan Turing. I'm not totally sure, Probably. but anyway, the guy that you're talking about. So he, that was World War One that he was doing his computer science, like decoding stuff. Is that, do y'all know? Keep going. All right. Well, anyway, I think it was World War One, and they were trying to break some kind of German code. And to do it, he built like kind of the first computer, the first computer as we know it, to like break down the code, which I think was called enigma or something it was supposed to be unbreakable i could be getting this confused but i also think world war one is where we had the like the native american code people i don't know if they were like apache yeah, the not, wind talkers the wind talkers and we would use code that was in their indigenous language mm-hmm. and it was impossible to break because no one else in the world was familiar with that language yep. if you didn't have the key you couldn't break the code right because it wasn't based on any like uh germanic languages any of the romance languages so if your enemy is germany france whatever <laughs> it helps to speak a language that is not based on any of their shit yeah so like that additional layer just obfuscates it to the point where you just got to play a guessing game that it, it seemed impossible to win and i don't exactly. think exactly so indigenous science has been used in so many fucking ways and we're going back to it now like you see all the forest fires that are going on um in australia the aborigine people there used to do forest clearing and they would do controlled fires like once a year to make sure that the part of the the forest that was going to catch on fire anyways would catch on fire in a very protected way. And then new trees would pop up in that area because usually you need fire to put like oxygen in the in the earth and, and whatnot and carbon. 
and they would do this. Um, obviously, if you capture all of them and put them in a life of fucking indentured servitude, you stop doing the forest fire management. And so Australia is in the in the in the way that it is. Um, and now they are having they're paying in uh, Aborigine people to go back into the forest and do forest fire management because they could have been doing it this whole time, nigga. But you wanted to fucking like treat them like slaves, you, you bitch. Because remember, that was where I thought it was like apocalypse all the way. Because we had the forest fires going on in Australia, and then very quickly after that, it was COVID, and then now we got there was COVID. There time where San Francisco turned fire. red. They looked like Mars. Nigga. That shit was wild. She was crazy. But, all right, so going back to, like, the Native American thing, I was wondering if the timelines coincided with Alan Turing being exposed to those Native American code speakers and him coming up with the zero one binary thing. I, I, I have no know. idea. Just a, just a thought. Also, that nigga was gay. Really? Yeah. Alan Turing was gay. And after he did his thing, uh, they, they chemically castrated him. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they chemically castrated him. I don't know if he killed himself or not. But, like, he had a whole bunch of problems he ran into due to uh, his sexuality, and I'm not sure how closeted he, he was or was not. But either way, they, they found out and made him pay for it. And I think recently he's now on some kind of British – I don't know if he's on currency or, like, a banknote or something, but he either is or will be soon. That's some shit, bruh. Yeah, yeah, like this this nigga like saved countless lives on either side of the conflict and was arguably the, the most important part in ending the war. I think by some estimates he ended his work into the war by like a year or two earlier than than the conflict would have ended. Cuz that's the one where after they broke the code on some game theory shit, they had to decide. They basically had to play God after they broke the code and decide what attacks they were going to stop and what attacks they were going to let proceed because they couldn't let the Germans know that they had cracked the code because then they would change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating story. Look at you being a fucking war nut. Uh, with you know war information the only reason I know that story is because like a year or two ago during pride I made like one of those funny news videos and they said that Turing was going to be on the money so then I did some research so I could make some jokes that's that's the only reason I do or know anything is for jokes (laughs) that's nice yeah but no that's That's a good reason it's a good reason to study. Yeah, you know, get those jokes together. And also, it, it is good to study for reasons beyond just studying, because then you can apply it. But Grace, that is that is fascinating what you were saying before about how you think that from like a technological advancement perspective, that even if we weren't so brutal in things like slavery and oppression and mm-hmm. 
like raping people and raping land and that kind of thing mm-hmm. that you think we would still be there. It just might look different. Much different. Like, could you imagine? That's why I love like Afrofuturism as like a genre, right? Because could you imagine like niggas in the future, but with the same like or cool haircuts that our ancestors had in Africa? I mean, I can't for me personally, but um, <laughs> it's a little ableist. Just to say that to a bald nigga. Can you imagine all the hair and all kind? No, I can't. But you, you go ahead. <laughs> you, you go. I mean, there wasn't. Hold on, we talked about this before, though. You didn't come out bald, right? You've had hair before. You would have done some cool shit. Yeah, well, I mean, if my parents would have let me do some cool shit, they never let me like do shit with my hair. I just had a mini fro, and then they'd always like cut it off. There was one time, like I don't really know Did why your my parents hair. cut your hair. My pops cut my hair until I think I hit maybe middle school, and then because in elementary, yeah, I can tell. I can tell you was one of the mama fades. One of the mama fade ass. I can just tell. I can... <laughs> so you just baited me into saying you always tell the kids who let their mom cut their hair in <laughs> school. <laughs> But this is why I'm a Pan-Africanist, because what is a high-top fade, if not just a future iteration of an African, like, indigenous person haircut? It's in us, dog. The swag is undeniable. Completely. Pops was was cutting my hair. I remember there was a time when my best friend came over. This might have been like fifth or sixth grade or something. And my pops, like he would just line the three of us up, me and my brothers and just go like, you know, hit it with like a one or a zero and just bzz, 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 all right, you done. Right. That was it. And so my best friend's white and he came over and my pops was like, you want a haircut? And he was like, I don't know. Sure. I'll get a haircut. And so he just goes, bzz, 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 gives him a buzz cut. And my little brother, like the look on his face oh. was like the most priceless Look, because it's as deep as you want it to be, but like his face just said, like, what the fuck is that? Because he was, you could tell he was looking at the hair on the ground and it looks like straw. And he was trying to figure out why it didn't look like black cotton balls. And the beauty and the hilarity of the whole situation was you could tell in his like little, I don't know, six or seven year old mind, he was thinking, that hair is fucked up and not normal. This kid has fucking weird hair. Oh no! It was a total reversal of like what what would you call it? Just white normative hairstyle. I don't know what the phrasing, mm-hmm. is. but yeah, he he really thought like something was wrong with like my friend in his hair. <laughs> it's like uh that 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 boy ain't that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you wanna you wanna close down? Alright, we can close. I was just saying bye to uh, my bud that was standing here. He was scooting out, so I went on mute for a little bit. you have friends. Yeah, got friends going to weddings and shit. I'm out here, I'm out here socializing. Yeah, that's my dude Kosh was standing here. He was he was working, and we were supposed to have a little relaxed afternoon and put on some face masks to relax. Oh shit, look at you getting the cucumbers ready for your eyes and shit. You should get a facial for your head. Oh shit. Grace, why you say that? 
Wait, I didn't, re- I didn't take that as shade. I took that as a great idea. That sounds yeah. classic. I yeah, took it as... Oh, you took it as shade? That wasn't shade. I mean, you were, with a head like that, you would want as much shade as you can get. In the <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm not looking for nobody's validation or respect. This shit was unique. It's like catching light, lightning in the bottle. This is great, man. The vegan chitlin circuit. Fucking welcome. Like the revolution has to have humor to it. Humor to it. Like catching light, lightning in the bottle. The vegan chitlin circuit. Fucking welcome.